Well, let, me, let me just start by saying to those of you in the room, to those of us joining online, uh, that it is a great joy to get to be a part of this church, um, to be in a room on a July morning and just get to sit in the goodness and truth and worship of God with God's people and some of you that we uh, have not met yet but are excited to do so. It's just good to be here. So good to see again. I told you last week, it's like every week we, we get some people uh, just ready and we're trusting people to, to know when that Sunday is for them. And we get to see some folks that are core and part and been with Relentless for years and just we haven't got to see them in this room for a year and a half. So that's beautiful again today. Welcome back. You guys online, when you're ready, uh, we'll, we'll uh, say hi from a distance or hug you or whatever you're ready to do. Um, but we're uh, excited about continuing the series. We kicked it off last week, Out the Mouth. And uh, the recap from last week, uh, you can go listen to the whole thing. But the bottom line was that really it, we can't talk about the mouth until we talk about the heart. That everything that comes out of the mouth has got a, a destiny or has got a source. And the source is not, hey, where did that come from? No, this actual, the heart and mouth are connected. So when we have mouth issues, it means we actually have heart issues. And there's freedom in that because there will never, ever be anybody come into this room or stand on this stage without heart issues, right? So we can all just relax and know there's not this and them and us, it's all of us have that together. So we're going to talk specifically these next few weeks about parts of the mouth. And today, let me start with a scenario. And you guys, um, help me out with, with what you think is right and wrong. And if you're not a parent, that's okay. I'm sure you have an opinion on this. So, so here's the scenario. Um, and this is a fake scenario for, for the protection of my kids. All right. So, so <laughs> let's say there's a 15-year-old all right, um, or 16-year-old driving, that makes it a little better, and, and for whatever reason, we got stuff to do. The instructions from the parents have been, after school, I need you to go directly home, right? Don't pass go, don't collect 200, like, don't stop anywhere, you understand? Yes, I understand. Where are you going to go after school? I'm coming straight home. Great. All right, now, to, for this to work, we got to, like, go pre, like, now, poor kids, GPS and all these apps, like we always know at least where their phone is or if they turn that off, like I would have, oh, just thank God that there was no phones when I was in high school. But, but you got to, you know, so I know that there's ways around that, but we don't know that we're living in a non-GPS world in this fake example. 15-year-old kid, I got to come straight home. So you as the parent are just driving somewhere to somewhere and you happen to see, this is about 45 minutes after school, your kid should be home. You see your kid at Bojangles, all right? Doing exactly what you told them not to do, right? They're hanging out with their friends. They look safe. They look like they're having fun, whatever. They, you see them. They don't see you. You drive on, right? Later that night, you sit down with 15-year-old, 16-year-old kid. And there's a bunch of options, but here's the two I'm giving you. A, why in the world were you at Bojangles at 4.30 when I told you specifically? That's A. B, what did you do after school? Right? What, 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 is, what, is, what is, is there a right and a wrong? Who's going A? I'm just tearing into them. And you don't have to be a parent, so it's pretend. Who's going A? I'm coming at you. All right, who's going B? Look at all you entrappers. That's entrapment. <laughs> that is entrapment. Right? I'm with you. I'm going B. 
right? And, and sometimes that's unfair and life is unfair, right? My, my mom had the worst joke. It had the, she had the worst joke. She said it a thousand times, so we just quit saying. My grandmother's name was Fair, F-A-I-R-E, right? She grew up in Charlotte. So every time as a kid, mom, that's not fair. Nope, Fair's in Charlotte, right? Because that was her mom's name. So we just didn't, we didn't say that. Right, I'm going with B with my 16-year-old kid, and yes, I know the answer and I know where you were, but I'm giving you a chance to lie to my face. I'm also giving you a chance to tell the truth, but it's a beautiful character assessment, right? It's not that none of us went to Bojangles like all of us, but it's, it's, the, it's the initial decision, and then it's the chance. Are you going to own it and come clean, or are you going to lie to my face? And we're going to talk about truth and lying with our mouths today, and we can use teenage examples all day. The problem with this subject, the, the hardness of this topic for me, the reason you don't hear, the reason next week's message when we talk about language and cussing and what counts and what doesn't, the reason that's easier is because adults don't have much to teach kids about telling the truth. We lie so carelessly that we don't even know we're lying. And God wants to speak to us on that. Why is this such a big deal? Because there's truth. There is such a thing as truth. Now, I know we live in a in a culture that talks about you speak your truth and I'll speak mine. And there's a place for that, right? Because there, there, there's perspectives, right? And, and, and you, the old example, if there's a, a car accident and you get eight witnesses and they're gonna have eight different perspectives on what happened. So in that way, right, people can speak your truth. This is what I saw, this is what I felt. And we acknowledge and applaud that. But when you take speak your truth to, everybody gets to make their own truth. Then we have... A problem. There is such a thing as truth that is absolute. Right? Remember, uh, Jesus was arrested and they were passing him around to different leaders. And, and these guys where Pilate was like, hey, don't you know, like I, <laughs> I control your life right now. And Jesus was just not playing the game. I don't have to talk and answer to anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm in charge, even though I'm under arrest. And finally, Pilate's like asking him question after question. What are you? Who are you? Why are you here? Are you a king? And finally, Jesus is like, you know what? I'm here to testify to the truth. And when Jesus talks about truth, where it's testifying to the truth or claiming I am the way, the truth, and the life, he's not talking about a truth. He's talking about the truth. I'm here to testify to the truth. Pilate's answer is so 2021. Pilate's answer is, what is truth? And he walks out. He's trying to get Jesus to give him some information. Jesus, I'm here to testify to the truth. Pilate says, what's truth? And he walks away, right? Because truth is whatever you say. And Jesus, that's what set him apart. He's like, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one gets to the Father God except through me. I'm the only door. Yes, we can have perspectives on events, but there is an ultimate truth of mankind, of sin, of holiness, of righteousness, of one God, of his son coming to earth, dying across, raising the dead, and return one day for his church. That is just true. It is events that happen that our church, like so many others meeting across the world, that we're built on. So it's a problem when the people built on the way, the truth, and the life struggle to tell the truth 
in day-to-day life. Right? Here's a book that we, we preach from a lot um, because it's so gospel and it's so, it's, it speaks a lot to the multi-ethnic church. We didn't invent this, right? It was 2,000 years old. It's a, it's a book written to a church in the city of Ephesus, modern-day Turkey. And the section we're going to look at, just one simple verse today that's going to help us with our mouths. But before this, because the verse starts with therefore, so we always got to unpack what are we, where are we coming from. So Ephesians 4, it's, it's talking about the old self and the new self, right? Some of you believe in God, and, and we, we talk a lot about, it's not about believing in God, it's about trusting God, following God. And God's calling some of you in the room and some of you online to, to transfer your life from believing there's a God to trusting and following And what happens when you make a commitment to surrender yourself to God and to trust him with your life, right? He gives us this beautiful action of baptism that we get to see and experience. And it's the beginning of this whole new life and relationship with you and Jesus. For those of you that have made that decision a few months ago, a few years ago, or for some of you a few decades ago, you're still in process of living out this new man or this new woman, The newness, we're about transformation, not transaction, right? So we become new. So so in Ephesians, he's talking about you got your new man, your new self, and your old self. And day by day, together, Relentless Church, day by day, he is changing us into our new selves. Right? He's accomplished that, and he is accomplishing that. So that's the background for this verse of the day, Ephesians 4.25. Therefore, because of that, making us new. Having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Let each one of you speak the truth. We must speak the truth. Why? It says the reason is because we're members of one another. Like when you lie to me, when I lie to you, it's just not about you and me. Right, we are the body of Christ. Right, I just I was at a basketball tournament all week with some of the best uh, prep women's basketball players in the country, and just like man, as a, as a man in his forties, like don't want any part of them. Right, like just they're 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 way past my skill level. Right, so when the stuff they can do is the brain telling the hands to shoot or catch or feed or run. Imagine if the brain tells the hands to put your hands up and the hands are like, no, right? You've seen that kid, right? The ball hits him in the face, right? It's a real slow, you know, the brain, the hands, the message is real slow. It's important for the members of the body of Christ to communicate effectively. And the core of our communication is the ability and decision to tell the truth. Because we're members of one. It says, put away falsehood. Right? And that should be easy, but it's not. Right? It's easy to tell the truth when it's good. Right? When I tell you, hey, I'm going um, to eat less French fries and run more miles this week. And I kill it. I eat no French fries, and I run more miles than I've ever run. And you come up and ask me next week, hey, how'd you do? Because you were on stage, and you declared, you know, how, how'd that go this week? I'm, no, I'm not even tempted to lie. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Right? Putting away falsehood, it's not about, yeah, I tell them, it's, it really comes 
to a head when it'd be easier to lie. And we're supposed to be, and we're not supposed to be perfect, right? We're in process. But we're supposed to be collectively as a community, a place where we honor and uplift truth, not only when, but especially when it's difficult. Remember, it's, it's deeper than just a lie came out of my mouth. Or often, right, it's not a lie that came out of my mouth. It's a truth that I have told, right? I left out a very important part, <laughs> of the truth, but it's deeper than just what came out of my mouth. Remember last week? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when my mouth is not honest, there's dishonesty, not in my mouth, but in my, in my heart. That's harder, right? I don't know, it's just less offensive. If you come up to me and it's like, hey man, your mouth, you got some issues with your mouth. Okay, I can hear that. I got to work on my mouth. You come up to me like, man, your heart, dude. Woo. Like, that hurts more. I don't want to hear that. But God says there's a connection with everything in this series. It's going to come back to the same thing. So today, I got to ask this question. Why, church? Why do we lie? Now, I'm not asking why do you lie. That's per- that, yeah, that would be really personal, right? So don't think about you for a second. Think about everybody but you, right? We could come up in this room and, and online in our chat, we could, we could come up with a hundred reasons of why human beings lie. I don't want a hundred. I want to know what you think. No right answer. That's not something I'm trying to get you to say. We're going to talk out loud in a second if you're comfortable with that, okay? If, if there was a list somewhere, and I couldn't find one, of the main motives that human beings lie, what do you think would be at the top? I think you said fear. She either said fear or beer. Both could be a good answer, (laughs) but I think it was fear and pride, okay? Those are good Bible words and good true words. Anybody else got a number one reason? Guilt, okay? Fear, pride, and guilt, ugh. Some nasty words flowing out here. What else we got? Number one reason, not you, (laughs) other people lie. Embarrassment. Embarrassment. I like it. Don't want to hurt someone's feelings. What are you saying? Appearance. Appearance. All right, so we got to talk about that one, Sheila. All right, some of you are going to, God wants to speak to your, this, to your heart. He wants to change your heart. He wants to let you know that you've got to be honest about some things you're not being honest about. And all you're going to leave here with is, oh, oh, I'm, I'm telling them the truth. Oh, I'm telling them the truth. When they ask me how I look and I tell them bluntly how they look, I'm just doing what God said. There is a place for kindness in the truth. That's a whole different message. Right, that's personal. Some of you like love to tell the truth too much, right? Hey, you know, a truth hurts. It's your favorite statement, right? There's something good about not wanting to embarrass people. There's a lot of reasons that that we lie. Right? And and also we, we gotta, you know, if you're into ethics and some of our college students have, is it always that's not this message, right? Is it always wrong to lie? No. It's absolutely not always wrong to lie, right? And again, we can use that and abuse that, but if, 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 if some, you know, 
uh, kid or, or some, anybody comes running through that door and they're just disheveled and you can tell uh, their, their clothes are torn up and, and they're scared to death and they pause and they just run out that back door. And then a, a few seconds later, somebody else comes in who's armed and, and is asking, where did that girl go, right? There's nothing wrong with me with the microphone saying, no, she went, she went that way. <laughs> Right? In fact, the scripture honors a woman, go study that story, a woman named Rahab, and she's honored as a faithful woman because she lied and she protected God's people. Right? So now again, as a, as a, as a teenager, that's all I would need from this message. I would tune out the rest of the way, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When God, when you're protecting God's spies or when you, someone's life is in danger, right? Then, then, but outside of that, we're supposed to be Carriers of the truth, and often we're not. Let me be more specific. Often, I'm not. And the freedom from sin and the rescue that Mel mentioned so beautifully earlier, the rescue. We're rescued from sin, death, and hell. We're also rescued from lying tongues. Right? All of us have an issue with the truth. All of us. There are some of us, I don't know how many, I don't know what percentage, there's some of us that have a extra issue with this. Like we lie so easily that we don't even know that we're lying. We lie so much, we start to lie about things that we don't even need to lie about. We're just in the habit, right? Jesus and the gospel frees you from that as well. Some of you need that freedom. I've had, I've had this conversation not many times, but a few times. And honestly, just saying, usually it's with a woman, a woman who comes and defends her man, husband, fiance, whatever. They're having some issues. And, and now, thank God, we have Joy Bay on staff, who's a, a women's pastor and also a trained, licensed counselor, which I'm not, not my gift. I say I give you too much truth, right, without much love sometimes. But, but this conversation goes something like, hey, he's a good guy, right? He doesn't cheat on me. He doesn't do bad things to me. He provides. He loves me. He's a good. He just lies all the time. And I want to say, think about what you just said. He doesn't cheat on me. He just lies all the time, right? So he probably cheats on you. I don't say that, right? But if he lies all the time, right, then what makes you think he's being true about anything, right? There are, there are liars who don't cheat, but I've never heard of a cheater who doesn't lie, right? It's, it's part of it. It's core to a spousal relationship to be able to tell the truth when it's hard. And then what do we do when when we fail, like we're not going to probably, we got some people that are getting ready to get married in this room, some people that just got married recently. You're probably not going to go through your marriage without a lie. All right. That's a great goal, I guess. Good luck. Right. <laughs> what happens when a lie is told? It's a big deal, right? It starts and it's real subtle. It starts to erode and crack the foundation of trust in a church, in a marriage, in a society. It's a big deal to God. There's some, man, some brutal scripture. Here's one of the most clear in Proverbs 12, 22. It says, the Lord detests, right? You could translate it. He hates lying lips. All the things that our culture thinks that our God hates, right? Because people have hijacked this and that. We don't hear this one as much. Our God hates lying lips, but he delights in people who are 
trustworthy. So I don't, I don't have a definitive list. I did want to give you two, two reasons I think. This is not, you know, God didn't give me this list, but I think it's proven out in ministry and in life and in Scripture. The two biggest reasons that I think we lie. And if you'll let God speak to you in this, and, and I asked you to think about other people when we did that little talk out loud, now I want you to think about you and which of these maybe is your bigger temptation. Here's the two biggest reasons I think that we lie. Number one, to make ourselves look good, right? And several of the words you said would fit into that. And two, to keep yourself from looking bad, right? I'm lying to make myself, and maybe most of what I'm saying is true, but I'm gonna add a little detail just a little embellishment, just a little exaggeration, just a little something that really didn't happen. Everything else I just told you happened. Oh, but this juicy detail, all right? That's kind of preacher world. I'm gonna tell you a true story and then I'm gonna make something up and it's gonna not really notice that I threw that in there, but it makes the story so much better, right? And it's okay for preachers to do it, but it's not okay for you. No, it's not okay for anybody. That's still, embellishment, exaggeration is a form of lying, but I'm doing that to make myself look good or to make you think better of me. And we just spend so much time, effort, energy, and money to try to lift ourselves up. The second is I'm keeping myself from looking back. We learned this so young, right? Those of us who had that intuition, you could tell when the parent or teacher, when you were busted, you could tell by their tone, they saw me at Bojangles. They know I didn't go home. Right? They could tell. Or when the teacher came and there was no proof. They think you did it and you did it, but they don't know it and they need you to confess so they can really punish you. And they just ask you straight out and you learn real quick hey, if I lie, they can't prove that I did what they know I did and what I know I did. And I can save myself trouble. I can keep myself from either looking bad or, or not even looking bad, but just punishment, I can get out of that with a simple lie. And really, what does it matter if I lie to a teacher in fourth grade about something I did that I won't do again? I'll learn my lesson without the punishment, right? There's an acronym. The business world would say that's CYA, right? Or is it CYB? See, that's next week. Are we covering our butt or are we covering the other word? And why would I say butt and not the other word? Does God really care if we use the B word or the A word? You got to come back next week. That's next week. <laughs> but we cover ourselves and we lie. So I want to look at those two reasons that we lie and how the gospel combats and kind of speaks to those specific Motives, because remember the gospel, it binds us. It's what makes us members of the same family that the Ephesians is talking about. It, it unifies us because Jesus has done this. So Jesus has saved you like he saved me. We are, that's what Ephesians 2, we preached it so many times. It's not that we tolerate each other. It's not that we sit in a church together. It's not that we're not racist anymore. It's that what he do made us into one family, blood family connected by the blood of Jesus. For brothers and sisters, no matter your race or your age or whatever, for us to have truth in our heart and mind and choose to lie, man, it's damaging. It's a big deal. It's, it's one of the most unloving things I can do to you, human to human, is not love you enough to tell you the truth. So here's how, here's how the gospel gets into this. Those two reasons. Number one, the gospel takes away the motive to self-shine. 
Right? What's the number one reason we, we lie? And according to me, it was because we make ourselves look good. Well, the gospel removes that desire to put the shine and the spotlight on me. How does the gospel do that? Because the gospel is rooted in who we are. We just sing that almost every week we got a song that talks about who I am, who you say I am, confidence and all, all those things. That's gospel stuff that we need to sing so we can go live it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday and on, right? It is who you are according to Jesus that he came, that he, while we were still sinners, he demonstrated his love for us in this before we were cleaned up, not because we deserved it or earned it, because he loves us that deeply, that he would die and claim us and adopt us into his family. Now that's who I am. My shine comes from him shining on me. There's nothing that I can do or fail to do in my job, in my life, in my family that's gonna remove his love and who he says I am. My worth comes from him, not from what you think of me. So I don't need to make you Think better of me than I actually am. Because I'm not living for your approval. It's irrelevant. Man, there's freedom in that. I know it's hard and none of us are fully there. And like anybody says, I don't care what anybody thinks. You do. You do a little bit. Maybe less than other people, but everybody cares. But God slowly drains that out of us. There's a God. Think about this. There's a God who knows all there is to know about you. What? Everything that you are, done, and thought on your best day and on your worst day in 1997 and last night. Some of y'all watching UFC all late, right? See that? See, I watched UFC all late, right? See, that wasn't even a lie, but it was kind of like it's kind of shady for me to make a joke about you watching UFC and then leave out the detail that I watched UFC. Right? See, we just want to be full of the truth because we just have an audience of one and, and we know your truth and I want to tell the truth and I don't want to. So the gospel frees me up, my identity, my worth. Where does it come from? There's a God who knows everything there is. He knows what I watched. He knows what I did. He knows what I thought. He really knows all of that and he does not struggle to love me today. Wow. I don't need to lie to you. Right? Scripture says it. Those who exalt themselves, Connor, those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves, God will exalt and lift them up. Number two, the gospel gives grace, right? So our second motive is we try to keep ourselves from looking bad or get, stay out of trouble. And the gospel gives us this freedom to own Right? Nobody in this room is going to live the rest of your life probably and never have anything that is fully, you know, never escape falsehood in any way. So what happens after it? It's the grace that comes from the gospel. It's the grace that God has forgiven me, that God loves me, and he empowers me then to own what I've done without compounding it with a lie on top of a lie on top of a lie. The selfish thing is to lie because that's what's best for me, right? It's never been, in my life, I don't know about you, it's never been fun to repent, right? To repent, to come to God, to come to people that I've hurt or that I've lied to uh, and I know I've lied to. It's never been fun. I've never like been skipping to that conversation. Listen, I said this, 
The other night I said this, you asked me this straight up. I said this because I didn't want you to know what I'd really said or done. And I lied and I'm sorry. That's never been awesome for me. Maybe you got a better story, but it's always been beautiful. It's always been worth it. It's always been right. It's always improved that relationship over time, not made it worse. See, the gospel gives us the freedom because we all know that we've blown it and are still blowing it. We're all in process. So I'm going to mess up. I'm going to blow it with you. I'm going to disappoint you. And at some point, I'm going to choose falsehood over truth because in that moment, it's just better for me. And I'm going to give in to that temptation and I'm going to hurt and sin against you with my lie. And the gospel gives me grace to free me and forgive me, but also go back and say, listen, I got to make this right with you. There's a God who sent Jesus so we could be right with him, not just so we could be reconciled, made right to him. Now we can be right with each other. And we are protectors and guarders, man. We got to be right with each other. And what's the quickest way for me and Luis to not be right with each other is to let a lie enter the conversation. And unlike a lot of things where we can go and God and we give it to God and we move on with life, we got to deal with the person if they're still alive that we lied to and gospel of our worth and who we are and not worrying about how we look we're, we're, we're none of us are good enough. It's the path, the repentance, the owning it. That's the path to the beautiful life and the joy and the peace we want. And that's the thing we're most scared of. It's a beautiful character. It's a beautiful character of people when they talk about you at events, you know, or graduation, or they write a card and they're trying to sum up what you mean to them. It's a beautiful thing when they say, man, I just love you because you're so committed to the truth. Right? We have single people in our church, and sometimes you'll be in conversations with single people, and if you know them well, you can get into a conversation like, hey, what are you really looking for? Like, what are you looking for in a man or in a woman? Or, you know what I'd love to hear sometime? And I've heard versions of it, but I'd love to hear somebody say, you know what? I'm just looking for a man. I'm looking for a woman who tells the truth when it's hard. That should be on our list. I want somebody who will look me in the eye and tell me the truth when they've blown it, that I can trust them when they say they didn't do it, they didn't do it. When they said they did do it, they didn't do it. When they said they went, they went. When they said they didn't go, they didn't go. I want to be with somebody who tells me the truth when it's going to cost them something. That's what the gospel frees us up to do. Here's some phrases that we should, we should start to say more, and maybe you do. I wouldn't know. These phrases are, I mean, I'm, I said I was in my 40s earlier, because I don't know. I'm just at the place where I don't want to say the second number anymore. I'm in my 40s. I'm 44. These phrases that I can grow a ton on, amen, my wife in the front row, these are phrases that I could grow a ton in. But I'm telling you, 90% of me using these phrases 95% of those have been in the last 10 years, right? The first half of our marriage, like these phrases were not in my vocabulary. And there's a, there could be a bunch more. Here's a few. I had a choice, and this is bigger than marriage, so just go with your relationships, with people you love, people you interact with, work, social, any of that. I had a choice, 
and I chose to avoid the truth. That needs to be normal coming out of our mouths because I didn't lie. This isn't for when you lie. This is when I had a choice and I chose strategically in the moment to avoid the truth. And there may be all kinds of reasons for that, but I just need to say to you, I had a chance and I, and I avoided it. How about this? I need to tell you something you would probably never know if I didn't tell you. There's something that I would never be caught in. There's, for whatever reason, depending on what it is, and God's going to, I'm praying right now in this last little leg of this morning, God's going to bring some stuff to your mind that I would have no idea about. If you start to get some conviction, right? We don't want guilt. We want conviction. You start to get that. Please know that ain't me. That's God working on you. When you cover your tracks, or maybe it's not even that bad, like, but there's the, 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 the circumstances of whatever, there's something that somebody in your life needs to know, and you go to them, you're like, you know what? You would never find this out. I'm in the clear. But I think I should tell you something. How about this? It was easier to lie, and I did. We had this conversation it was just easier. Maybe it was me making myself look good. Maybe it was trying to avoid trouble. It, it was just easier to lie, and I did, and I'm sorry. Maybe it's not even that big of an issue. Hey, no. No room for falsehood. We speak the truth because we're members of one another. It was easier to lie, and I did. Here's the truth that I wish I'd have said the first time. It's not as good as telling the truth the first time, but we're, hey, we're not keeping score. There's so much good in that. How about one more? I, I was wanting... Here, here, the other night when we were or on the text, right? You know, you can lie on text. It still counts as lie. I didn't say it, right? It's still a lie on text. I, uh, I was wanting for you to think better of me than I deserve. I was wanting to look better than I actually was in that moment. So I said something that wasn't all the way true. What if we started to talk like that to our friends? It's like, and if you're thinking, man, I, I'm, I'm racking my mind. I'm, last lie I think I told was like 2014. I think I'm good. Oh, man, we need to just pray for you. Right? You don't even know. It's part. You're going to have a moment this week where you want to make yourself look better or maybe that you want to protect yourself somehow if you have relationships and conversations this is going to be a part and if the goal is that we never lie again you got to find another pastor because i don't know how to get us there we're gonna blow this what do we do after what do we do before how much do we care what comes out of our mouth and how it's connected to our heart and when we do are we willing to have hard conversations you know what happens when we ha when we say those things you know what's happened in my relationships with many of you in this room and again i'm not i have so much room to grow in this. But you know what happens? Trust increases. You come to me and you say, hey, you know, for our incredible staff, uh, a lot of which are in this room, right? For, for friends that are in this room, for family that are in this room, you come to me and you say, listen, David, you would never know this, right? It's not because I got caught. You would never know this, but I want, I, I want to, I need to tell you. There may be some pain in that conversation. I'm not trying to, act, but oh my goodness, you talk about trust shooting up. Like if you're willing to come with me with something that I would never know, man, that does something beautiful between us, right? We think it's the opposite. Oh, I'll lose trust if I, if I cover up my lie. Think about that. I'll lose trust 
right? If I come clean, that's not the way it works. It builds trust. Now, I, I got to be real. It's not always going to go great. There may be something that God puts on a heart this morning, a hard conversation that needs to be had, and it's not going to go well because it's painful and it's harmful to somebody in your life. And here's where we can kind of justify, right? And we can tell ourselves or we can tell me, right? Hey, I told her the truth, pastor, and she got mad. It didn't work, right? There was not trust built. There was no smiles and hugs. Like she threw something at me, right? So bad advice. This isn't advice. This is foundational core of who we are to tell the truth. And sometimes it's going to go bad, but it's not going to go bad because it's poor advice. It's going to go bad because that's the consequences of a decision that you already made. So if you think lying is the way you protect yourself from avoiding consequences, you're so deceived. Here's the myth. The myth is, man, the pain of lying, I don't want to lie to her, to him, to, to my boss. I don't want to lie, but the pain of lying and me having to carry this lie, it's better than the pain of the truth because the truth would hurt them so much or so bad or they can't handle the truth. So I'm going to choose the lesser of two evils. I'm going to choose the pain of lying because the truth would just be too much. And that's a really clever way of saying, I'm not man or woman enough to face the consequences for decisions I've already made. And it's also a lie because we think it's a replacement. And it's not, it's an addition. We think we can replace the pain of a lie, right? We'll just, we'll just replace the pain of the truth and instead we'll, we'll deal with the pain of the lie. And I don't want either one, but if I gotta choose, I'm gonna lie because that's better than the pain of telling the truth. It's not an either or, it's actually an addition. Here's how we'll say it. Lying doesn't replace one pain for another. It adds to the pain that's already there. If there's something that God's put on my heart that my wife needs to know and she doesn't know it, and it's something that I've, and again, when I say that, we always think of like cheating and adultery, and it's much, we're talking, this is a much bigger conversation. It includes that, but it's a much bigger conversation than that. Right, and I, and I go to her and I, and I should tell her, no, I'm not gonna tell her because her knowing that would hurt her more. So I'm gonna protect her by not telling her the truth. Here's the problem. There's a spiritual real world and the lie that's between us, even if she doesn't know us, it damages her. What she doesn't know does hurt her. So I haven't removed the pain of what I've done to hurt her. I've just compounded it by now adding lying. How many stories are in this room? How many stories prove God's right on this? How many times has it been, hey, it was awful what I found out, but I could have dealt with it if they hadn't lied about it after the fact. If they just would have come clean, but now I'm finding out there was this, but then there was this and this and this on top of it. It doesn't replace one pain, it adds. So I, I wanna give you one more I gave you two reasons that we lie. And there's a third, and you guys actually got to it before I did, because when I asked you, somebody said this. There's a third le a reason that we lie that needs to be mentioned, and that is scared of the truth and having to face it. That we've run from what's really going on, not out there, but in this heart of ours. We're scared of dealing with what is really in our hearts so 
long and so hard that we're, we're, we're not trying to make ourselves look better and we're not trying to hide something and make ourselves, you know, protect us from, from looking bad. What we're doing is we're just scared of having to face the real truth of what happened to us or what's going on in us. And I don't have answers for that. That is a supernatural God can help and break free and break through those things. For me, and we're all different, for me, the truth that I was running from, and some of you have heard details of my story. We're not going to get into that. In my 20s, as a pastor, I was a mess. I earned not being a pastor. And I was sitting in a counselor's office dealing with porn addiction, dealing with betrayal, dealing with spending three or four years making sure everybody thought I was something publicly. And I'm sitting in a counselor's office and he asked me a question that was annoying. Do you believe God loves you as much today as he did before you got into all this? And I knew the answer, right? You know, yeah, of course he does. But man, that truth, once I went through the whole counseling process, that truth was something I was running from. And here's the ugly truth that it took me a long time to admit. I was a pastor and I didn't understand the gospel. I thought my good behavior had earned God's love. And when my good behavior fell apart, I didn't know where that left me. Is there a truth? from God, from your past, from today, that you're working really hard to not deal with. I would love to preach the message, hey, let's all tell the truth in July, church. Let's just work harder. When you tell a lie, smack yourself, right? Post something, repent and move. I would love to do some little clever thing, but it's so much deeper than that. We're people that avoid falsehood, and, and we speak the truth to our neighbor because we're members of one another. I'm just gonna ask you, I'm gonna pray over you a little differently than we normally do. I'm gonna ask the living God who's invisible, but is here, and who loves you and doesn't wanna punish you, doesn't wanna, he's good, he's relentless with his love, he's like this beautiful story that Mel told, right, where he comes back for us when we're stuck, when we wanna give up. I want that God to speak to your heart about whatever you need to do with this message. I don't know. Would you just be open online? Would you just be open? There's just a personal God who wants to speak to you. If you would, close your eyes. If you're not comfortable with that, that's fine. I'm gonna pray. God, I pray right now. God, for those in the room online or those that are connected to us some way, somehow, that, that are just in a deep rut, that, that they've lied so often that they don't even recognize it's a lie. God, would you free them? Would you give them awareness? Would you give them conviction? Would your Holy Spirit help them see right now, oh, he's not talking about somebody else. That's me. I lie and I don't even know why. God, would you give them the humility to recognize and say that out loud to somebody? God, for the couples in this room that are dating or engaged or married, God, I, I pray 
that you would take this truth and you would do what only you could do, that they would have great conversations of, of what it looks like to be committed to the truth and say hard things, but also, God, that you would give courage when something needs to be said that has not and wisdom when something needs not to be said. God, for those in this room or online that have a, a significant, like I know they're all significant, God, but what I'm saying lifestyle-wise, or there's a significant lie that they're hiding. God, and I don't even need to pray much more because they know right now what that is, and it's weighing them down. God, would you give them the truth that their life will not be whole until they come clean? Would you give them courage and strength to say what needs to be said to whom it needs to be said? God, collectively, would you help us become a church that loves the truth, protects the truth, and is willing to tell the truth even when it makes us look bad? Free us, God, to live that trustworthy life. God, there's so many more things I could pray, but you know. So whatever you want to put on hearts and minds, whatever, whatever truth you want to create, and help us with whatever lies you need to expose. God, would you just be real clear, not just in this moment as we go, but as we drive home. Help, it, help the message continue by your Holy Spirit. Convict and direct and help us be the truth tellers that you've called us to be in freedom. Jesus, thank you for being the only way and the truth and the life. Help us cling to you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, church, we'll see you next week.